I'm going to introduce it first, okay? And then I'll let you say the important part. Are you ready? Yeah. For coaching the weirdos. Oh, not that part yet. Hang on. Let me say the first part, okay? Let me tell people what it's going to be about. It's going to be how to translate vision into results. What do you think about that? Good. Okay, you tell them it's coaching for leaders. Coaching for leaders. Episode 213. 214. All right. Produced by Innovate Learning. Maximizing human potential. Greetings to you from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And this weekly show will give you access to the best thinkers, resources, and actions to develop your leadership skills. And I'm so glad that you have joined me again for another episode of the show. And today, looking at some of the high-level strategy and decision-making skills that we can use in order to leverage our productivity, our profitability, and our wealth by developing good systems. And I'm really glad to have someone who's had a lot of experience with that, also a fellow podcaster and a entrepreneur with a lot of leadership experience, and that is J.V. Crum III. J.V. helps entrepreneurs grow six- and seven-figure conscious businesses that combine making high profits with making a positive impact. He's a speaker, a coach, a columnist for the Huffington Post, and he's the best-selling author of Conscious Millionaire, Grow Your Business by Making a Difference. And I mentioned that he's the host of a podcast as well. It's a top-ranking Conscious Millionaire podcast, and he's the founder of ConsciousMillionaire.com, a global coaching and wealth product business. JV, you've had a lot of experience in business and in entrepreneurship, and I'm so glad to welcome you to the show because I know you're going to be able to be helpful to us too. I love what you're doing with your show because leadership, really, it determines the future that we're all going to live in it because it's the leaders that take us forward. And, and I agree with you that leadership is a learned skill. It's something that, you know, anybody with a drive and a passion to go out there and make a difference and to bring people together uh, as a team so that we can accomplish more together uh, can learn. In fact, I I don't know if we discussed this, but I have a nonprofit, ConsciousWorld.org, and I work with youth all over the world, 18 to 25, who are doing projects to uplift humanity. And we give them training to become better leaders so that they can become the new conscious leaders all over the world that are producing results that everybody can win in, but everybody's got to take responsibility as well. And all that's a trained skill. It just needs to start with you have a desire to go out there and do something that you want your business to be better. You want your your community to be better. You want your clients to be better. It, there's some internal drive that you have to inspire others to what I would call greatness. Well, thanks so much for saying that. And some of our longtime listeners will probably remember that I did some research a while back on executive leaders. And one of the things that came out of that research in my graduate work was that a lot of executive leaders don't ever get any sort of formal leadership development until they get to the executive level. And at that point, it's it's almost too late. Uh, it, it's it's You spend a lot of time trying to learn skills that really many of us can learn much earlier in our careers. And that's why I'm, I was thinking about what you just said as far as learning at that age um, of being 18 into your 20s. If you can learn those skills now, wow, you can take that with you through your whole life, can't you? 
Well, and that's why I'm focusing on that that group. My my goal is to be in 160 countries with my nonprofit, and that within 20 years that that the nonprofit has contributed to making a significant difference in the world because those that group is the future leaders. And they're now at a stage that they have an idea, oh, I kind of have these interests and I'm, you know, finding these passions in myself and, you know, and I want to make these kind of differences in the world. But they need the skills so that they, for instance, you know, we've just, we're almost finished with the process of going through all the applications uh, for a $5,000 scholarship. And it's giving us great ideas about how to do trainings next year, because one of the big things that, uh, even though it wasn't an advertised piece, but when I ended up putting them into the final stacks of who's going to be likely the 10 finalists and then who's likely going to be the honorable mention, the one difference when I read through all the applications and it hits you, you know, when you look at a whole lot of different material at one time, it's kind of like looking at a lot of data. The ones that were the best that ended up in the 10 finalists, they all had a bigger scale and they were thinking about scale. That was very clear. And the others were thinking much smaller and therefore it wasn't going to have as big of an impact. So it taught me that now we need to teach that skill to set up your projects so that they're designed for scale, which is exactly what we do in business. If we want to build a larger business, we have to set up everything we're doing in systems, but designed to scale with a bigger vision than what's going on today. And so that was like, yes, okay, so we've got to impart that way of thinking and that skill to this youth group. You know, so that their projects make a bigger difference. Fabulous. And, you know, it's such a great lead into our conversation today because I think that this is something that a lot of us struggle with. Um, I know that I am not, I do not consider myself strong as far as thinking about things at a bigger picture than I, than I probably could or should. And I know that a lot of people in our community struggle with this too. And that's one of the reasons I was so interested in, in us talking when we first connected, because I noticed this is something you've done well, you've, you've scaled in so many different ways. And, um, and when we started talking, you said, you know, that's, that's part of it, of the leveraging the systems, but also that there's a formula for doing that too, a five-step process. And so I thought it'd be interesting for us to maybe look through just how you think about this when you're thinking about uh, scaling and creating wealth and growing a business is what formula you use and walking through this and then figuring out how we can use that to leverage systems. If that sounds like a good plan to actually. Yeah, I, th- I think that's great. So, you know, what that brings up in me is when I'm working with clients and I, I love working, um, you know, with entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial type people, because this is the group and it's, that's, that's leaders. Leaders are entrepreneurial by, by, but I think it's because if you're, by entrepreneur, I mean, you're looking to go someplace you haven't gotten there and you're looking to figure out a path to get there. I mean, I think that's kind of that entrepreneurial leader type mindset that really is what stimulates this way of thinking. And so the first thing I want to do is get a picture of where do you want to be in three years? Because I found that a lot of people and a lot of companies actually don't have a very well-defined understanding of that question. You know, it's like, and, and I like vision boards. Vision boards are fabulous. And I use whiteboards. It's like, let's get out and paint the picture and look at the defined measurable results that are significantly different than where you are today. And then we can begin the process because we have some idea of where we want to go. JB, so that to me is really the starting place. Yeah, yeah, indeed. I'm and with that's you. how you get to a bigger way of thinking. 
Yeah, yeah. And I'm curious, when you start working with clients, when you walk into an organization or an entrepreneur um, comes to you looking for some coaching, how often is it that that, that individual or that leadership team has, has that three-year plan in writing and they've done some significant thinking on it? Well, most of the people, you know, companies I work with are 10 million and under, and I would say almost never. And the other piece that I typically have to work with is, and I love working with, so, but is defining that bigger purpose or that higher vision for what the business is about. Mm. So when I'm working with, if I go back to entrepreneurs at an earlier stage, they're trying to build the the six figures and then the six figures, they're trying to get to the seven figures. So in that stage level, uh, inevitably, we're going to have to do the piece about what's your higher vision. And if you think about the great companies, and this is really at the heart of leadership, because it is the leader's responsibility to set the vision. That's what the leader does, and then gather people around them that are inflamed by that vision and want to be part of the team. And then through that collaborative process, you define the vision in a in a very dynamic way. So it's not even static it begins to grow, but it comes, it's the leader's responsibility to define that vision. And so that vision has to be some kind of a passionate difference that you want to be making. I'm going to use an example. It's just kind of been my example lately. Uh, Let's take seventh generation, right? Uh, So they make all these uh, soap products, uh, paper towels, et cetera. What's their vision that really brings that company forward? It's that they want to create environmentally sound products that are going to positively impact the next seven generations. And it started from the idea that whatever we do is going to have an impact seven generations down. So that's the vision that they hold. And it's what really brings in the customers because I'm a very loyal seventh generation customer and I have been, I guess, 10, 15 years I'm sure there are many other products out there equally good, but they don't have the vision that seventh generation has. So I'm using that as an example, because if you're thinking about, you're listening to this today and you're thinking about your own company, do you have that kind of vision? Because I've met with a lot of other consultants and I think the, I'm really going to call it old school because I'm going to say this is almost the cardboard. And I mean that kind of derogatorily. MBA approach, and I can say that because I have an MBA, so I can I can rag on that a little bit. <laughs> Fair enough. Is that a lot of times you'll read these vision statements that say, we want to dominate our industry and be number one in this industry. And I go, that's no vision. There's no vision to that. You know, that that might be kind of like a, a, a marketing outcome of like one of the things you want, but there's no vision. Vision is about something bigger. Vision is about how you're going to transform your client's life. That's what vision is about. And that's what great leadership is about, is figuring out how your business, different than any other business out there, and not just because you're trying to differentiate yourself, but because you inside have some kind of heart passion for this. That's, you know, every person has a heart passion inside of them. The great leaders have connected with it. And you think about leadership through time. Think about Gandhi, right? Gandhi's leadership, you know, is trained as an attorney, didn't have anything to do with being an attorney. It was this, this vision of a different India, a vision of an India that was fair for people, yeah, right? Yeah. That's what compelled him. You think of a Martin Luther King, you think of anybody at Steve Jobs, 
Steve Jobs wasn't out to be a billionaire. It just happened. Steve Jobs was out to change the way things were done. And every product that Apple comes out with, and especially during Steve's time, right? Every product is part of that vision. That's what real leadership is. But there's a decision-making process that a lot of people are missing. And that's what I teach in the formula for creating wealth, because it really is about ultimately creating wealth, but you've got to go through a set of steps. And I found when I'm working with clients that that's one of the things that we really work on is getting a good strategic decision-making process, but it needs to start with a great vision so you know where you're headed. Oh, this this is great. I'm, I'm so there with you. It's, it's odd to me when organizations use the vision statement to define themselves in relation to other organizations, like who's going to be number one or how how competitive we're going to be. And like you said, what a company like Seventh Generation, and we've bought their products too, where it, what has that that vision even built into the name of the company and that right, story right. and that and mantra. And we've done that with Conscious Millionaire, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you, if you hear the phrase, whatever you make up about that is probably right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> right. about, we want you to be financially successful and we're giving you a conscious path that is one about transforming others and doing business with honesty and integrity and making the world a better place and giving back, you know, part of your profits is part of the business model I teach people because it's good business and it's the right thing to do. Yeah. All of that, you would probably come up with pieces of that just from the name itself. Well, and th- this is this is so good because I think a lot of times when people think about leadership, they think about the aspects of motivating people, of communicating well, of listening, of handle- giving feedback, and all of those are, are components of leadership. And yet right. the the vision, the where we're going and figuring that out is really a key, key component of leadership. And like you said, it is it is incumbent upon the leader. That is not something that anyone else in the organization can do. They may contribute to that and they may provide input, but the leader ultimately does need to establish that where are we going? And a lot of organizations don't really think about that. Like you said, many right. most, most of the organizations where you sit down, they have And all you have to do is kind of sit back and you're listening to this, ask yourself, Right now, who is it that you admire? And I bet you admire somebody because of the, in in part, because they have some vision about doing something that's worthwhile. Something that you believe yourself matters because it's also part of the, the leader's, you know, position to make sure that the organization is doing something that matters. Because if you're not doing something that matters in a way that's highly relevant to your clients, but not just relevant in that you're, Here's a, here's a difference, you know, without using names. And I'll, I don't, I'm going to invite you to fill in the banks, the blanks. Let's think about this. Wow. Fill in the blanks for a food, fast food chain. Anyone you want to fill in and ask yourself, is there a, really a vision there about transforming clients, making them healthier, giving them a better lifestyle? I mean, is that really what the vision is there? Or, or is the vision internally a little bit more about let's get them hooked on all these unhealthy foods with that have fats in them and sugars in them and, you know, white carbohydrates that become somewhat addictive in themselves. So you have one of those French fries, you want another, but was the first one even healthy for you? So where's the big vision there? Yeah. And I think the great companies that are now moving forward and they all start as small companies, we've got to remember that. 
come from a bigger vision of how are people's lives better? How is society better? How are we creating the world we all want to live in? I think that's a great question for every organization and every leader to ask is how is my business contributing to making this world the one I really want to live in? The ideal world that I'm thinking about, because usually that's a higher vision than what's currently going on. Agreed. And this probably leads right into these five steps because I know the first one, when, and this is the formula for creating wealth that you've used in your businesses. And I know that you also use to coach and to consult. And it's actually, I think the best formula sometimes, I love creating formulas. When I was writing my book, Conscious Millionaire, Grow Your Business by Making a Difference, I had to look back and ask myself, for instance, how did I go from 23 to 25 from broke to my first million and living in a four-story luxury townhouse in the Mercedes? How did that happen? And it took me about six months of, you know, working through, you know, m- many examples and thinking through everything to realize, oh, the first three steps of this formula, which naturally lead to the second two, um, it's what I was doing over and over and over on a daily basis. I was doing it kind of intuitively in a way and by discovery and it was a way of thinking that that seemed indigenous to how I looked at life. But then I realized, well, this is actually the formula that every business needs to have these steps. Uh, and I could spend days training people just on this one formula. So the, the first three steps, and I want to give you all five so we have an overview, is conscious, focused, action, result, and then the learning. So the formula itself, I go as conscious focused action because it's really easy to remember these three words. The most important part of this is the conscious step. And it's the one that so many organizations spend less time with because they feel like they've got to get to the next quarter. They got to get to the end of the year. So we've got to go choose a goal, which is not the right way to, you know, to just, we just want a goal and we're going to go after it. Mm-hmm. But at the conscious stage, there's more than that going on. So there's three specific areas that you have to consider at each one of these levels. So I want to get through them. So I'll kind of go through them kind of quickly, but I also have something that everybody's going to be able to get. And it's an ebook that's got the diagrams. It's got the steps. It's got the examples oh, cool. and links to videos so that you can actually take this and apply it to any size organization. You could be a billion dollar company and you can, the same formula applies because it's a decision making formula that you can literally use at any level business. Cool. So at the Let's conscious level, you've got to ask, now, this is really the leader question because leaders have to know themselves, right? Who are you and why do you want to choose one priority over another? And I think that's maybe the ultimate leader question, but you can see if you don't yet know who I am and that who can also be the organization in terms of what your big vision is, you're lost at the starting grade. You really don't have any place to go because you don't have a direction that's that's really pulling you forward. But once you have that bigger vision and go, yes, this is what we're really going to be about, that who is answered in a big way. And now you can say, well, in a year's time, what is that number one priority we want to achieve? And I'm a big believer that no organization have should have more than three major priorities, especially in the small and medium size. But I'm a big believer in kind of a lean design. So you do less, but you get more out of it. And I think one of the biggest problems any size business does is go after too many different things mm-hmm. rather than staying at where is that core of who they are and really bringing that forward in a deep way 
as opposed to getting involved in too many different things. And they aren't, any of them are brought forward, you know, fully or correctly or as deep as they could. And so we do see that why. Yeah, we do see that a lot. And I've seen that with clients and I'm sure you have where you get the yearly priorities that they're sharing with their employees and organization. And the list is, you know, a page and a half long. Here's our 10 or 15 priorities for the year. And I, yeah, I always and think no, like... And that nobody can even think about that. <laughs> I remember them As all. As human beings, I don't think that we can even think in those numbers. I haven't found anybody who can. Yeah. yeah. It's I, sort of a strange twist on the word priority because like, well, it's not really a priority if there's 20 of them. Like what's really most right. important? Like, what is that number one priority? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I'll come back down to a small size if I'm working with somebody and they're not at the 100,000 thing that I say, your number one priority, if you're starting out is to have 100,000 in revenue within 12 months. Now that may sound like a long time to someone if you're in an organization that has 10 or $100 million worth of revenue, but if you're starting out actually on an organic way, that's a good goal to have. The, the, but the reality is that something like 6% of companies that start out ever reach that goal, ever. And then they go out of business. And the reason is they're going in 15 directions rather than one, yeah. you okay? Yep. So that's one of the big problems. Then the Next piece is what resources are you going to need? And so that includes the people that you're going to need. How are you going to source those? Uh, are they going to be outsourced? Or is it somebody uh, that you're only going to need partly so you just want to outsource where you just buy it on a piece basis? Um, and then the third part is what are the different options? You, we can call these scenarios uh, for how we can get to that number one priority. And Got we want to map map out what are the different uh, ways that we could build the business even. And that's part of that third part of being conscious. Well, all that needs to occur up front before we're ever ready to take any actions or, or even know what we're going to be focused on. So now we've got that crystal clear, you know, outcome. Let's say it's 12 months from now. It's written in very specific language. It's measurable. And we're going to know exactly when we get there. And this is we've been able to measure it. Yeah. And this is probably, and I think you even mentioned to me before we started our conversation today, that this is probably the most important part. And yet it is the part that most often is missed or even skipped over that we right. don't really think. And, through and it's leaders. the area where so much of that collaborative approach to business building and team building is so critical because, you know, in my own case, and I've always owned companies, I First of all, I don't consider myself the smartest person in the room, and I don't want to be because there are other people who ought to be smarter in other areas. But I also play a very uh, level playing field when it comes to collaborative decision making. So yes, by definition, I have the final decision, but I don't consider that a very good way to make good decisions. I consider it a better way that everybody's voice is looked at as a positive, uh, positive input and that everybody has value. And everybody's valued equally to put their information out there because you have no idea who's going to say that one sentence that gives the huge aha. Mm -hmm. You don't know where that's coming from. And everybody has their own way of, of their own filters and their own background. And they're going to look at this slightly differently, whatever the question is that's on the table. So I'm a big believer in collaborative, very equal playing field. Uh, where there's no hierarchy going on in the room at all. And everybody's an equal player. I love it. And a great get, model. You get your best decision making. Absolutely. Yeah. A great model so now, for leadership too you, and influence. Yeah, now you go to that for, focus area. Now, typically when we think about focus, uh, because I teach visualization because visualization works. Every great athlete, every 
anybody who achieves anything, a great speaker visualizes it being, you know, visualizes being on the stage before they're there. An actor does it. Every great leader visualizes it. You know, any politicians is visualizing their speech before they go out there. Everybody who's really highly successful visualizes. But most of the visualization that's taught is purely a mental visualization. So that's really critical that you're asking yourself questions to get your mind focused and you're thinking about the specific outcome that you focus your mind. But there are really two other areas that are equally important. And one of them has actually more energy that you put into it. And it's the heart area. So we could call that your emotions. And I like to phrase it, having your whole heart in it, Mm. right? So if you're a leader and you have a vision and you have your whole heart in it, your chances of, 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 of achieving it, your probability quotient, let's say, is significantly higher. Yeah. And there's a reason the Heart Math Institute, you can go look at their work, you have found that the heart is something that over 500 times more energy comes out of it than comes out of your mind. And so when you really have your whole heart in it, you and I have both, and you're listening to this, I want you to kind of think about in your own life, what is a time that the odds weren't in your favor, but you had your heart in it and you weren't stopping till you got there. And it might've been a finish line in a race you were running, right? But you were going to get there and you did, and you did it because your heart was all in it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And then the third area is that your body's ready to take action. And this is a critical part of leadership. And in, in my book, there's a whole chapter on leadership And the last section talks about health and fitness because we overlook that too much. Unless we're healthy and fit, we really don't have our our body in shape to be focused on taking action. So health and fitness for the leader, I think, is a critical uh, piece of leadership today. And it's so often overlooked, JV. And I I know I have too. um, And I've been really pleasantly surprised at and i've seen a number and i'm sure you have of articles around of like how to you know think about productivity by managing your energy levels versus you know just thinking about your calendar and it is amazing to me like when i do that well what a difference it makes in my productivity level and interacting with clients and getting things done that are really valuable things versus when i'm not thinking about those things well or not being as proactive that and yet it's it's something that I know I don't devote as much time to as I probably should. And a lot of us don't think about that in the context of how do we really make good decisions and lead well. Well, and I, I've been very open in sharing this. When I went back and took care of my father who uh, died at 90, he had Parkinson's, then he had a stroke. A lot of things happened in the last year and a half, and I gained over 100 pounds. And right now I'm in the process of losing that weight. And that inspired me when I sat back and said, okay, wow. You know, I was 183 and in, you know, super athletic shape before all this happened. But yes, it can happen to anyone if you get enough emotional buttons pushed. Mm. And so I actually started a, a second podcast that's Conscious Millionaire Health Reality Show. And it's, uh, it's equally applicable to leaders as entrepreneurs. Uh, the subtitle is Health and Fitness for Busy Entrepreneurs, but it might as well be Busy Leaders as well. Because I realized that when we're entrepreneurs and we're leaders and we're really out there with busy lives – Usually the first thing to go, and it went with mine, was going to the gym, eating the healthy foods, yep. and it's midnight, and we're running to the fast foods, 
you know, place because we haven't eaten. And then we're putting all this horrible food in it. It is horrible for us. And it's the wrong time to be eating. And, uh, and I realized we're all in this together. How do we get a more conscious lifestyle? How do we find the, the life that really has us at our health? And this experience brought me to really think about the fact that if I want longevity, if I want to go out there and really make my big difference, and I've defined my difference as I want to make a positive impact on 1 billion people. And so that's mm. my huge vision driver. And it's why I'm on the show with you right now, because it allows me to touch more people, to get a message out that can hopefully make a difference in people's lives. And so it, when you, when you get clear about that, you realize all of a sudden, wait, I can't go there without my health and fitness. And actually the health and fitness needs to be at the core of every leader's life, because what good are you if at 54 or 62, you have the heart attack. And we all have can think of many examples of that. And you're not here to finish the leadership vision that you created. Yeah. You know, because your vision gets cut cut short because you're not here to be the one who leads us through that. So you have to get completely focused. And then's the action stage. And this is, you know, I love strategic planning. I do it in my sleep. And, and it's what I love to work with a lot of clients with. So here's the three steps here. First, look at where you want to be. And let's say it's that number one priority. Uh, and, and I think one of your top three priorities should absolutely be a financial one. I'm you know, trained as a tax attorney, so I'm a numbers guy. You've got to run your business by the numbers and the numbers will tell you if you're influencing people, because if they're not buying, you're doing something wrong. Your messaging is wrong. Yep. Your product is wrong. Agreed. You're not really hitting, you know, their big problems or aspirations the way they want them hit. Your numbers will tell you that. Absolutely. So the first thing is to list out all the actions that you think you're going to need to be taking. And then I can, you know, there's the fun part because it'll happen with every one of us. I guarantee you when you do that, you've left some out because now the second step is put them in the order in which they need to occur. And what, one of the things you're going to find is that we all keep things in us unconsciously that we've kind of assumed, right? And, but then we go, wait, there's something between four and five. Oh, there's three steps that need to occur. And again, I love a collaborative process for this because everybody's going to think about this a little differently and you're going to get better angles on what the actions are that are needed. And, and you're also going to be able to look at it then and go, well, is there some of these that we can eliminate? So that's part of that, that second step also is, is there an order and are there duplications? And then the third part is very critical because this has to do with strategic planning of your business. And it's one where you can just really you know, get held up and it can have huge financial impact on you and, and your ability to achieve that vision is, does something need to happen before each step? You need to ask that. And is it external or internal? So internally, it may be that another person is working on a piece of the project or it, depending on the size of your organization, there's another department that needs to deliver a piece that's a deliverable. And that has to occur before we can take the overall next step. Or it could be external in that you are working with a consultant or you're working with an outside group, then they're going to deliver a part or they're going to deliver something as simple as the graphics for the advertising and you can't put the advertising together. If you can't put the advertising together, you can't do the launch and it doesn't matter if the product's ready or not. So those are the three areas in the action stage. And then you analyze the results. And you know this is really a lot of fun because you're going to, first of all, you're going to analyze it initially on how well did we achieve the stated outcome? The, and it's very specific and it's measurable and you can look at it. 
then you're going to have what I call unintended. These are the extra positive. These are kind of like the icing on the cake. You didn't know they were coming along. There are always going to be a few things that happen that you didn't expect. And you go, wow, we weren't expecting that. But we found that 10% of our audience who bought this product came from this area that no one to our, you know, none of our statistics have ever shown that group buying from us. But all of a sudden they're buying because they like this product. Well, you go, that's great news, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's the, uh, the 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 results that are not so positive, right? So they're going to be the unexpected negative results that you were not looking for and you weren't hoping were going to be there. And now you're going to have to look at those and go, well, how did that happen? Was there something in the process that brought that about that we need to change? Or how do we need to control something in order to eliminate or at least decrease this ex, you know, external piece of the the results that we really don't like and is holding us back. So you've got to look at the three areas in which you're getting results. And then you get to the learning stage. And at the learning stage, you look back at the first four stages and you go, what worked, what didn't work, and what needs to change. And the great thing about this decision-making process is it's completely iterative because now you go back and you go through the process again because a lot of times when you're moving forward uh, and you're creating a system, let's say, that as you go through this process, you're going to refine that system because you're going to go, okay, we got to the result at this level. And if you reached your result at the learning level, you go, what worked? We got there 100%. Now, what may need to change is you go, well, let's redefine this time when we go through and do it this quarter. Let's define our outcome at 120% of last quarter. And let's see what we if there's some changes in the actions or changes um, in the resources that we need to utilize, or just a, a change in the exact uh, attack that we're going to take in terms of what's going to be the course of of action in terms of how we're going to attempt to accomplish this. So to me, this is this is super fun, and it's really where your best results come from. Is now you have a very organized way of approaching your decisions. It's very logical. Each piece makes sense. Everybody can understand each of the pieces and you can get collaborative input at every stage. Well, and I love the logic behind it uh, because one of the, the quotes that's resonating with me from the last couple of weeks, my wife interviewed a scientist on her podcast, JV, and uh, one of the things she was talking about was failure and how scientists look at failure and deal with failure. And her, and it's uh, the same way we do as as entrepreneurs because failure is the business we're in, right? It, well, exactly. And her her word was uh, failure is data. You know, it is it is it's information. Just data. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And as leaders, we have to look at it the same way. It's like we go after a goal. Very often, we don't get the goal exactly the way we wanted, and that's what we're talking about here. Then you're going to yeah. analyze what worked, what didn't work, and what needs to change. So one of the things I'm curious about, you really can't make any of those decisions. They're just being made in a vacuum. Yeah, exactly. So that having that data and and knowing it is key. And one of the things I'm I'm really curious about is when you work with entrepreneurs um, and, and having seen this as well with people I've worked with, I know that, that the logical piece, we, we, we try to approach it that way. And yet we're a lot of times we're so tied into it personally that when something doesn't quite go right, or maybe we even miss the mark significantly, that we feel like we have personally um, that is a that is a uh, an indicator of us as a failure as a person or as a leader. How do you help? Think, how do you yeah, help people to bridge really that critical. gap? I really appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah, what, a what, great point. What, have, what have you found that's worked I, for people to get beyond that? 
Yeah, I think that it's to look at the what your real priorities are. And are your priorities that the marketing campaign worked exactly as you thought? Because if that's going to be your priority, um, that I think you're, you're, you're focused on the wrong thing in terms of what you're investing your attachment to, say, let's, because your real priority should be that vision. And then the question should be, whatever it takes to get to this vision within the bounds of the values of the business. And whatever that takes, that's what you should have your, your attachment to, mm-hmm. that you're not giving up. That's what you should be attached to. And then, you know, I frequently, because I love marketing, and it's so fun to me, in, in a way, it, sometimes it's a little frustrating. Like right now, I'm looking at how to market a whole new thing that I'm, I'm bringing out. And so far, what we've learned is this didn't work and this didn't work. And we're going, okay, I think yeah. this is probably the next thing that we ought to try. And it probably has a better chance. But, you know, you think about marketing and, and uh, like we do Facebook marketing, pay-per-clicks. Well, those advertisements that you set up, the little images – you know, sometimes I'll go, well, this image looks fabulous. This is going to be the one they love. And they don't like it at all. Mm-hmm. Nobody clicks on it hardly. Mm-hmm. And they'll click on, you know, have the bright colors. And you go, oh, it's got everything that you're supposed to, you, you, think, you're, you think you're supposed to have, right? And they'll like the black and white one. You go, huh. Yeah. Well, if that's the one they like. That's the one I'm going to present them to, right? I'm not crazy. I'm not going to keep sending them the bright colored one that nobody clicks on. Because I was wanting to get, you know, some leads in, right? And that's a perfect example. You need to be attached to the outcome and completely open and flexible as to how you get there. And yet so many of us don't do that. Like we get attached to the, here's the way I think it should look. Here's the way I feel like it should go. Here's what people, someone has said about this without really looking at the data and using the data to the data is going to, I think again, if you want to be attached to something, be attached to your data because the data is going to tell you everything. I love it. I love it. So it, it's so interesting because you know we were going to have a conversation about developing systems, and probably the best system we can use is actually to follow this formula because this well, it, this yes, will then lead system, to those systems. It, it is a system uh, that is really what we've talked about because yeah, this formula uh, is a system for how everybody in your organization organization can think, and because of that, you can translate your leadership vision into leadership results. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. So you have a resource for our audience as well, too. So tell us about that and also how folks can uh, connect with you online, JV. Sure. Well, actually, if you go to consciousmillionaire.com forward slash growth formula, that's just growth formula. There's no uh, spaces in it. That's going to give you an ebook that is all about this formula for creating wealth. It's going to have diagrams in it. It's going to have examples. It's going to explain each step and it's going to have a link in it that'll get you 16 videos on how you apply all the material in my book, Conscious Millionaire, Grow Your Business by Making a Difference, how you apply all of that to growing your business, the different areas of your business. And the best ways to get in touch with me or one to get that because that'll get you on uh, on. Uh, getting more information about, you know, we sent out lots of valuable emails about how to approach different areas of business. And then if you go just to consciousmillionaire.com without the forward slash, I would suggest one of the best places to begin there is I have two podcasts and one is uh, the Conscious Millionaire podcast. It's for business coaching for conscious entrepreneurs. And the other one is a Conscious Millionaire Health Reality Show. So if you're a leader or anyone who really want to work on your health and fitness in a realistic way of how are we going to balance all of this? 
How do we put all the pieces together? That's a three-day-a-week show. The other one's five days. And I interview experts in different areas, and I interview um, leaders and entrepreneurs who have done it themselves. And what are their approach and what have they found worked? Awesome. Awesome. Well, I hope folks will check that out. And I also appreciate you mentioning your struggle with that as too as well too recently. It's it's um, you know, we we all hit these obstacles in our lives and in our businesses on how, you know, things that aren't working for us right now. And I just I really appreciate that you've not only are tackling that, but also you've you've you're taking other people on the journey with you of saying, Hey, this is something that I've run into as a challenge. And I'm going to go learn and I'm going to take a lot of people along with me in that process. And I just think it's really cool the way you're approaching that. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. And I thought a lot about it. And I said, you know, if I can put my life out there and what happened, you know, like it's clear if anybody knows me uh, close, they know what happened. You know, let's just put it out there and uh, and share it with the world because this is something that other people struggle with. I mean, maybe you didn't go through something as tragic as that and have such a and, and I think maybe a big response is the right way to look at it. I mean, I found humor in all this because the, to do the healing work that goes along with it, you have to be willing to look at what happened here. Emotional yeah. buttons got pushed. Yeah, you got to be willing to look at all of that. And so, I, you know, I have a health coach who's working with me uh, on the kinds of foods that I'm eating and, you know, I'm taking supplements. So I'm doing, a, you know, what kind of exercise is right for me, all of that. And I think that's the great thing that we as leaders can do is be transparent and share. We're human beings. We're all going through the same experiences together. We all have the same wants and needs. We all want to be loved. We all want to feel like we belong. We all want to have significance. So let's share how we all get there together because then we can all learn from one another and, our, and we and by sharing our journeys with one another. J.V. Crum III is the author of Conscious Millionaire, Grow Your Business by Making a Difference, and he hosts the top-ranking Conscious Millionaire podcast. J.V., thanks again, and I hope folks will go check out uh, the download so they can learn even more about how to utilize these five steps. Well, Dave, thank you so much for having me on your show. It's an, it's an honor, and I love the work that you're doing, uh, helping the leaders in the world really learn the skills and the perspectives and how to approach being a leader so that so that they can accomplish what they want. And I just want to thank you for listening today. And it's an honor to uh, be able to connect with you. JV, thank you so much for your wisdom and for this model. I hope you found it helpful. And you may have noticed that the original intro as I was introducing JV changed a bit to the title of this episode, How to Translate Vision into Results. And that's because the conversation morphed a little bit as we got into it, but I think it was actually a better conversation than we were planning originally. So hope it was valuable to you as well. And also a big thank you to my son, Luke, who kicked off the show today. Thanks, Luke. You're awesome. Hey, uh, if you have a comment or question for the show or you'd like to add in your thoughts, go to coachingforleaders.com slash 213. That'll take you to the show notes for this episode. Also includes all of the five steps from JV's model. And uh, check out his website too, of course, if you're looking for more information. The next Q&A show is coming up on episode 216. And you can submit a question for consideration on the first uh, Monday of the month. That's when we air the Q&A shows at coachingforleaders.com slash feedback. So please take a moment to do that if you haven't already. And uh, speaking of which, if you're not already subscribed to the show, please do so. You can subscribe on wherever you're listening to this, iTunes, Stitcher, or any podcast 
app you're using. And please do take a moment to subscribe to the weekly leadership guide. I deliver that to your inbox on Wednesday. It includes my thoughts and recommendations on resources I found online, articles, podcasts, videos, occasionally a look back in the Coaching for Leaders archive like I did last week, Uh, lots of things that will support your development between the shows, and also a link to the full weekly show notes. So if you listen on the go like I do, it will be helpful to you in getting that information right in your inbox. And when you join the weekly leadership guide, you will get instant access to my reader's guide that lists the 10 leadership books that will help you get better results from others and brief summaries from me on the value of each one of those books. It's an 11-page guide. It'll help you get started on your reading and your professional development to help you to lead more effectively. And speaking of which, one of the elements of many of those books is the element of vision in leadership. And we keep hearing about that again and again on this show over the years of the importance of vision. JV nailed it today of the importance of that for us. And I hope that you'll uh, continue to investigate more ways to get better at that. Anyway, you can subscribe to all of those, all of that, I should say, at coachingforleaders.com slash subscribe. And big thanks to GusMen26 down in Mexico for the review on iTunes. Thank you, Gusman. Appreciate it. Hey, if you'd like to post a review for the show as well, go to coachingforleaders.com slash iTunes or coachingforleaders.com slash Stitcher if you're a Stitcher user. Hey, thanks a ton in advance for your support and for listening to the show. And I look forward to speaking with you again next week. Take care. Two hundred thirteen. Yeah, that's a lot of episodes, huh? Two and fourteen. Can you count to two hundred and thirteen? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I got twenty, 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 twenty,